0: ire's on the road parenting in a modern world here's richard and linda Iyer. and here we are we are on snowy roads this week um, we are out in utah we don't know where you're listening from but we have had been pelted this, this week and we're going to get it again tomorrow and the next day
1: and we love it nothing like a white christmas And I don't know, I think everyone on BYU Radio today is talking about the football game. We have to get that over with before we can really think about Christmas.
0: Right. I mean, it's going to be Christmas for whichever team wins, and the other team may be a little bit more sad.
1: Who are you cheering for, Linda?
0: Um. I am cheering for both teams because you we have... You <laughs> can't
1: say that. Come on. What a cop-out.
0: No, I'll be happy with whoever wins. We do have a grandson that goes to BYU, so we, we kind of have to cheer for
1: his team. No, no, no. We can just say we are from Utah State and from Harvard, so we don't even care. But we wouldn't be telling the truth if we said that.
0: No, absolutely not. Although we would be telling the truth because Utah State is our alma mater. However, they're not playing in the game today.
1: We want you all to know we met at Utah State University where we became true Aggies. And if you know anything about Utah State, you know what we mean. And if you don't, then you don't know what we mean. And that's okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And ask somebody that went to Utah State. Anyway, um, we hope that you're surviving this week. Wow, there's a lot of stuff going on. We just... Um, added a big party to our um, agenda a few minutes ago and decided, oh, we have to do this. So I got uh, this I'm glad this is only a half-hour show and the game doesn't
1: start till 1:30. <laughs> <laughs> so Linda, do you, are you? Do you think that? Uh, I mean, as an experienced mother and grandmother, do you think Christmas has just become a little too crazy?
0: Well, you know. I it's less crazy for us in a lot of ways because our children are all gone. And uh, I'm only responsible for one gift for each grandchild and
1: a lot of food. Well, but Um, a lot of them are coming home and you've been out shopping and it's taken up the whole month of December and uh, you can't turn on the TV without hearing more and more of the commercialism. So what do we do? I mean, do we just give in and just join in and just go crazy with all the all the month-long in-and-out celebration of Santa and the reindeers and the elves and the sleds. And I guess the question is, for a lot of us as grandparents or parents, how do we find a little wedge of time here and there for the real meaning of Christmas, for the Savior and for his birth and his life and and for the idea of giving? And, And is that... Is is it too much to expect that we should try to get a little focus on that and get some of that into small children whose eyes are big and round and only have uh, visual focal length for Santa Claus?
0: You know, I think in some ways parents are getting smarter about that. I think they're learning more how to say no and simplifying. I mean, some are, some aren't. Um, I think I mentioned last week, I'm not sure if it was on the radio show or not, but we were at dinner with some people that we didn't know very well, but sh- this mother was frazzled and saying, my daughter wants a $400 gift for Christmas and I just don't know if I should do it. And um, actually our tendency was to say, and uh, N-O, "a," uh, but... <laughs> I mean, you know, everybody has their own way of doing things, but I think the more we can simplify, the better off we are. But I do think parents are doing better in a lot of cases than we used to.
1: Well, it may be. I mean, we have run into parents recently who have just decided to throw over the whole idea of another crazy, wild, commercialized Christmas and and just forego it completely and instead uh take their kids and go do a humanitarian expedition, go build a house for poor people in Mexico as part of Habitat for Humanity. Or, oh, or there's a, lots
0: of groups that are doing that now.
1: Lots of groups that are doing it, and it's a surprisingly popular time at Christmas. And it is, I think you're right. There is an interesting trend. We used to hear families saying, you know what, we're just going to throw over Christmas this year and go to Disneyland instead. Well, that's great. I mean, you know, every, to each his own. But uh, what a what a different approach to say, let's instead of worrying about getting more stuff, where we have so much, and you know, every American family virtually is in the top five percent of the world in terms of how much stuff they already have. So let's just go. Let's just you know, let's not get any gifts for ourselves. Let's go do it for someone else. But that's pretty drastic. I mean...
0: Well, it is, but it's... And your kids have to be a certain age to do that. You know, you can't do that with little ones whose stars are still in their eyes with Santa and all that. But by the time the kids get older, it just gets so old, and we have done that. It's a little late to think about this year, but you know, maybe we have enough listeners that are totally frazzled with Christmas or so, totally tired of the commercialism that they're ready to think about that for next year, and now's a good time to think about it. Well, you remember how hard it is <laughs> to well, say. Well,
1: you know, but the great the thing that always comes back to us when we think about this, and we're we're a little worried about how crazy and wild Christmas gets, but then you think, but wow, hey, it's a time when families gather together and relationships are rekindled, and you have a chance to think about each other and try to do some shopping. I mean, for some people who are. You, know, you you get a range. You get some people who are shopping and they're just going through the motions and they hate it and they wish it was over and it just drains them of their energy. And then you get others who are like, I am really looking for the perfect gift yeah. for this person or, and, I, and I want to do it. I want to find something to show my love for this yeah, person.
0: I just don't want this to end. I just It's just such a great time and there is the whole
1: spectrum and And let's not forget that for most of the world, it is the focal point of their of their in touchness or their in tuneness with christ and and you know i was I was talking to a fellow I remember not, not long ago who uh the subject turned to religion, and he said, "Well, I go to church twice a year, and of course, you can guess what two times they are. I go at Christmas and I go at Easter." Now, some of us might say, "Well buddy, that ain't near often enough, but whatever your own personal perspective is, Christmas for people throughout the world is one of the two times when they really are focused on on christ and so and that 's really kind of what we wanted to theme the show around today is uh, how can we and and most people listening. I, I shouldn't say I don't know the percentages, but most people listening probably are church-going families. that That's who typically would listen to BYU. But whether you go a lot or whether you only go a little, the real question I think we should be asking ourselves as parents and as families, how can we make Christmas time a meaningful time to really focus on Christ? And then... A lot of times what that question leads to Linda is people saying, you know, no matter how focused I am on Christ at Christmas, what it really ought to be is a signal to me or a prompt to, to me to be more focused on Christ throughout the year ahead. That's what would be a great Christmas. I mean, we celebrate the birth of Christ at Christmas. What if what if that Motivated us in some way or caused a New Year's resolution of some kind to be a little more focused on Christ throughout the year. And we've been running into some interesting ideas lately for how to do that, how to make it almost a habit of thinking more about Christ and starting it at Christmas time building it up until Easter, recommitting to it at Easter, and then carrying it throughout the whole year.
0: Well, I have to say that, um, as you'll remember, we had a couple that showed up in our Sunday School class a couple weeks ago, and uh, they just absolutely put us to shame because they had been working on something. I think you can find it online. It's called 25 Days of Christmas or something like that. And actually, I think... um, Emily Freeman did something very similar to that. You could look that up. But there are certain scriptures to read every morning starting December 1st with your kids. And they have little kids. And we said, well, do they really sit and listen? I mean, we had a hard time keeping our kids awake when we had scriptures in the morning. But they apparently really were serious about it, and their kids have become very conversant in the
1: scriptures because of this. So, Particularly in Luke and the scriptures about the first Christmas. But, you know, what I'm saying, Linda, I'm saying, you know, double down, up the ante. Maybe we can, you know... There are a lot—you're right. I mean, there are a lot of—and this is sort of a blending of the commercial and the divine because you can go down and buy a wonderful Advent calendar that has to do with remembering a different thing about the first Christmas and about Jesus every day of December, which is great. And and I'm just saying, wouldn't it be even greater— if we said, you know, let's do that, let's make December a focus on on Jesus, and then if you also said, and once we get into that pattern or get into that habit or sort of raise our focal point and our awareness of Christ and of the greatest gift of all, his atonement, are there some ways that we can now sort of keep that focus on Christ and carry it on all the way through until the spring when we celebrate easter as phase one and then recommit to it and go the rest of the way through the year and it might involve simply you know reading a scripture about jesus every day or it might involve um, getting kids to um, think of one aspect of christ's character we've been We've been working with a study group we had where uh, a wonderful couple presented this month an old, old book written in 1907, and it's called The Character of Jesus. And we really found it tremendously interesting, didn't we, It
0: is so fascinating. We just have it on our Kindle, so I don't know what it looks like. And I think it was only 99 cents because it's so old. But it was a pastor who gave, um, I think it's 12, um, no, 27 character traits of Jesus. And every year, it was, I think it was a radio broadcast, kind of like C.S. Lewis used to do. And uh, it is just fascinating. I mean, some of it sounds a little bit old-fashioned at the first, as he kind of rebukes his audience for not... <laughs> Uh, thinking about certain things, but then he just goes into this fabulous expose of um, the character of Jesus and different characteristics that things that you just wouldn't think of. You read it and think, "Oh, that's right," but I've never thought of that. It was so fascinating.
1: I think his I think the author's name is Edward Charles. Um... Let's see. I'm going to come Jefferson. up with it in a minute. Jefferson, Edward Charles Jefferson, but there. I mean, his is not the only book like that. There, there. It used to be that there were more popular books, quote unquote, written about Christ, written about his nature. There's a book called The Manhood of the Master by Harry Emerson Fosdick of about that same era, and and of course in the in the LDS Church, there's the classic book, Jesus the Christ, which is an enormously thorough discovery of who Christ was and how he lived and so on. And it is based or uh, draws largely from a book by uh, Farrar, a man named Farrar, who wrote probably the definitive book on the life of Christ. Um, I remember studying one time and finding that there were over a thousand books that were sort of biographies of Christ, and that's probably a small number. That's back in the day before we could really search databases as easy as we can today. There have probably been more books, I think it's fair to say, written on Christ than any other person. The question is, how many of them have we read? How many have we paid attention to? But let's do this, Linda. After we take a brief break, let's give our Christmas present to our listeners a little idea, a little pattern, a little scheme, if you will, for thinking about one aspect of Christ every week for the entire new year of 2016. Okay, so we'll give you a, a right little
0: snapshot of that in after just a minute. This break. Iyers on the Road, parenting in a modern world. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. Well, we're back, and we're hoping that you're surviving this last few days before the big day, and the day before as well. Um, We think that we're so excited to have snow, but we're especially excited to have three of our children join us. We're going to have 15 of our 27 grandchildren here, not all at the same time, but... Um, before and after Christmas, and so this is a a great Christmas for us. Sometimes we go to our children because they're gone, and uh, it's so fun to spend time with them. Last year we were in Hawaii. Remember that, honey?
1: Well, it's nice to have a, a family in Hawaii when you can go there for Christmas, and it's nice to have one in Arizona. we got warm climates. we got cold ones. We can go anywhere. But this year a lot of them are coming here. Now, let us give you a gift for Christmas. It's one you can take or leave, obviously, but it's uh, along the lines of what we talked about before the break. That, uh, I think almost every parent I know, Linda, tries in their own way to get Christmas as focused as possible on Jesus and on, on the Atonement and on the Savior and on his birth. And then as we tried to introduce in the first half of the show, the question is how do we keep that focus as we move into a new year? Let me tell you a quick story. Many, many years ago while we were living in England and we were the mission president for the London mission, we became concerned about uh, our missionaries and whether their focus was as centered on Christ as we wanted it to be and as we felt like it should be. Uh, Were they really teaching people about Jesus? Were they really thinking about Christ all the time, which is what we hoped and what we desired? And so we decided to write up a little list of 52 aspects of Christ, 52 little snippets or focal points or facets, if you will, of his character, of his nature, of his personality, and we challenged the missionaries to read one each week one a week for the whole year and we challenged them to read it primarily on Sunday while they were in church while they were partaking of the sacrament of the Lord's Supper and we've now uh, worked on that little became a book and we worked on it over the years I want to just give you a taste of it it's first of all divided by months as you might guess and so in January Uh, All of the facets center around the roles of Christ, the roles he played in in our salvation and so on. In February, they focus around the joy of Christ, various aspects of his joy and happiness. In March, the focus is on his strength, and there are many facets of that. In April, on his sensitivity and compassion. In May, on his loyalty, particularly particularly to, to the Father. On, in June, his love, all the different aspects of his love. In July, his leadership, how powerful that was. In August, his teachings. In September, his light. In October, his priorities. In November, his spirit. And in December, his balance. And then within each of those months are four weeks For example, if you were in January and you were on week two, you'd be focusing on the pre-earth roles of Christ. Then if you were into February and you were focusing on his joy, uh, one week you'd be talking about his happiness. Another week you'd be focused on his optimism and his positive attitude. I'm just giving you a few examples. In March, when you're on his strength, one of the weeks is on his mental and emotional discipline. Another one of the weeks is on uh, his righteous indignation, the strength of his anger, if you will. And another week, his physical power and endurance. So you get the idea that uh, over the course of 52 weeks, you would be thinking about and pondering A little different aspect each week and these are very short these are less than a page each they're just a paragraph or so and the idea is to focus on that on Sunday and then carry that through the week and I might say Linda to try to get children to think about a new aspect of Christ every week and I think children are particularly responsive to this Linda what do you think
0: um i think they are in fact they can probably think of things that we couldn't think of they're so sensitive if you fo- if you can focus their minds and of course it depends on their age the 3 year olds probably come up with some pretty interesting stuff in fact we have to tell you that um richard and i were Mary and Joseph in the primary class. This is the young children <laughs> from three to eight uh, at
1: church 12, last at our Sunday. church
0: last Sunday. And um it was pretty hilarious because as you know I am not sixteen years old or eighteen or however <laughs>
1: however old Mary was.
0: But it didn't um, bother
1: the primary class. It didn't kids, bother them they at all, you, were a you know, perfect Mary. They
0: just they just went right along with it and uh it was so interesting because we started in Nazareth with these little and they had them be the little village children from Nazareth and uh, we gathered them up and and talked to them about how we felt about the journey. It's 69 miles on a donkey, and I was kind of worried about that and thought maybe I'd have to walk part of the way. And and of course Joseph was very worried and knew that, but we had to go. We had to go to Bethlehem. And and we asked him. It was amazing how much they knew. Why do we have to go to Bethlehem? You know, hams flew up, taxes, taxes. I mean, this is little kids. They do know what's going on. It's incredible incredible. incredible and then at the end we had him ask us questions and the questions were hilarious like what did it really smell like in that stable and um who really showed up and uh things that you would i mean what what who what animals were there and were they gentle with the baby and it was so fun we had a ball
1: we really did so back to the gift we want to give to you our listeners on christmas relating to christ um these little paragraphs, one for each week, each on a different aspect of Christ and his nature and his character and his personality, uh are all available for free online and I'm going to tell you how to get them. But let me give you I just want I want to be sure you know what we're talking about here because this is not like a big heavy-duty study course of some kind. It's it's very simple. Let's imagine, for example, that that you were in the month of March next year and you were doing a little thing each, each Sunday or each week with your children. And, of course, it would be up to you as a parent to simplify these down to the age level of your kids. But the idea is the consistency of knowing that each week we're going to think about Jesus in a little different way. I think some of the time uh, the problem we have with kids is we, 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 we get redundant, we get repetitive. We say, well, think about Jesus. Well, what do I think about? Well, think about his birth, or well, think about his resurrection, or well, think about his atonement. And that's, uh, and you know, we need more themes than that. We need more detail to really get kids interested. So just as an example, if you were in March and you were on the third week of March, you'd be focusing on Christ's physical endurance and power. And just to give you an idea how brief these are, let me just read you this first one. When we think of strength, what comes to mind? Physical strength and stamina, mental strength to pursue a goal at great odds, spiritual strength, an ultimate inner power to fall back on? By any aspect, the true measure of strength is the life of Jesus. His strength was total, complete, profound, all-encompassing. Consider first the Messiah's physical strength. Much of our traditional Christian art portrays Jesus as frail, small, delicate, an effort perhaps to depict his sensitivity and tenderness, but the Savior was physically strong enough to fast for 40 days to begin his earthly ministry. While such an event almost certainly required spiritual strength, it also demanded tremendous physical stamina. One poem, though it contains only the impressions of the poet and partakes of political, poetic license, perhaps catches the dimension of the physical strength of the Savior. And then there's a little poem by Ezra Pound. I'm just going to read a couple of stanzas. I have seen him drive a hundred men with a bundle of cords swung free when they took the high and holy house for their pawn and treasury. I have seen him cower a thousand men on the hills of Galilee. They whined as he walked out calm between with his eyes like the gray of the sea." I mean, it's just a beautiful poem on the power and physical charisma and strength of Christ. So imagine that you were going to just have one little focus on one aspect of Christ each and every Sunday for the entire year. I think for us, Linda, what 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 do you think this has done for our family? Because we've been doing this now for ever since our mission in England.
0: Well, the nice thing is the ability to send it online now because you know, we gave everyone a book, but they weren't always taking the book with them or you know, having a special time, but now I mean it's really interesting because I guess anybody could do this because it's a free book. We'll give you we'll show you how to get to it easily you can click on on anyone you want. And actually, Richard sends that out to all of our kids on Saturday nights. So I want them to have it on there. I want them to
1: have it on their cell phone so they can read it.
0: Yeah, I whatever mean, they are. I hope people don't think that we're texting people during the sacrament, but it is so yeah. nice to have that right in front of you. So it really focuses your focuses
1: your mind. Just yeah. for it's
0: really short. It maybe so, takes. Uh, two minutes. So before
1: we run out of time, here's how to get this. And we really mean it. This is just a total free gift to you. You may use it all or a little of it or whatever you want, but it's our way of saying how much we hope we can all focus on Christ this Christmas. All you do is go online to valuesparenting.com, which is very simple. It's just uh, all strung together, the word values with an S, and then parenting.com. And then when you go there, what you will find is a menu across the top of the page. And if you simply go to the right hand menu, the right the furthest right one, it'll say Richard and Linda Iyer and there'll be a drop down menu and under it there'll be an entry called What Manner of Man. What manner of man? And if you click on that, that'll take you to this table of contents of each of these 52 little writings, and you can click on them and use them throughout the new year.
0: So we wish you the very best with that. Merry Christmas to you all out there. Good luck, and um, what a glorious time of year to celebrate the birth of our Savior. Have a Merry Christmas.
1: We'll see you next week on Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye.